And now I can't remember what the dumb thing was. Oh, so uh, this is another short-term memory thing. So, like, in the, the late afternoon, early evening, I kind of fell asleep for a couple hours. Yeah. Uh, and I kept sleeping because I had this awesome dream. And, of course, it's an awesome dream, so I'm not remembering most of it now. But it was specifically like I was watching the like one of the best serialized cyberpunk like near future stories I'd ever seen. I was like, this is awesome. I can't wait to see the next episode. And I saw the next episode and I was like, oh, man, part three is going to close this up real good. Then I woke up yep. and the show doesn't even exist. So, like, what's even the point? What the is going on down there? Hi everyone, welcome to WTF and TFW episode 461. Uh, my name is Vangelis and I'm joined by Seth Buzzard. Hey, what's going on? Well, Seth, we got we got two hot topics to talk about. Hot topic. Let's talk about hot topic. They're they're thick. You could buy T-shirts there and pop vinyls. Oh and a man. belt with studs. I saw hot topic. I saw Overwatch pop vinyls today. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw them at uh, at uh, Silver Snail. Silver Snail had a sale on pop vinyls. Uh, big sign next to the pop vinyls. Big sale. Every single Overwatch one had a little sticker added to it that said "excluded" because they know what the money oh. is. Yeah. Did they have that Diva one? They didn't, but I went to 401 Games and they had everybody. So I saw Diva and Reinhardt. I took a picture of it, put it on Twitter, said "I refuse." <laughs> the Diva is the only one. That I've ever been tempted to think maybe I should get a pop vinyl. It looks pretty cool. The Reinhardt and Diva ones both look almost not like pop vinyls. Yeah. But then, like, Diva is inside her mech, and there's like a tiny pop vinyl head with those stupid dot eyes, like, buried behind the windshield. And I'm like, that's a bummer. I don't like that. <laughs> hey, the Overwatch anniversary event is happening right now. I might finally. Pop the cork on that. And there are so many new skins and stuff. Oh boy. I just need I need the Sentai skin. For uh, uh for Genji. Genji. Yeah. I need it well, because it's it's a common rider skin they called Sentai. And I wanna I wanna get in the game now so I can try to eventually work my way up to being like a whisper in the ear of the art team so that they will someday then make a skin that looks like a common rider, or that looks like a Sentai guy with like a, a silver faceplate and everything, like an actual sculpted mouth. And call that Rider skin. And then all the Toku fans will get mad. <laughs> It'll be my legacy. Well, I've been having no luck with loot boxes lately. Because they did a an event in Heroes of the Storm. Where you got a bunch of Overwatch stuff. Mm-hmm. So you had to play five games a week. Um, in certain categories. Eh. To, to get all the stuff. So we Oh, and you had to be uh, grouped with somebody on your friends list. So luckily, my girlfriend had experience with League of Legends, mm-hmm. so she had a concept of how those games work, so we just doubled up on those. And the last week, was the reward was 10 Heroes of the Storm and 10 Overwatch loot, Overwatch loot boxes. I got nothing of value out of the Overwatch loot boxes. Excellent. It was like <laughs> almost across-the-board sprays and items I already had. And then I bought a bunch of loot boxes for the anniversary event and only got two of the new skins. 
I figure that now's the time to use the thing everyone tells me, which is if you turn if you turn on the game the first time, they'll shower you with gifts. So uh, now that there's a skin I actually really want, yeah. uh, I'll see how that goes. But uh, Overwatch is not a Hasbro franchise property, Seth. Yeah, it is not. <clears throat> it's time for us to talk about Hasbro franchise properties, because uh, at midnight on May the something, 22nd, uh I think it was the 22nd. They put up the the ticket sales and all the details for Hascon 2017, September 8th. Hi, Seth. What's Hi. going on? We're recording a podcast. Hi, welcome to episode whatever number this 461. is. 461. Seth, let's there talk about Overwatch. Hey, the Overwatch Boom. is a video game with ninja robot men. Seth don't got nothing because the friggin' boxes hate him. No. Uh, it's not a Hasbro brand. Seth, let's talk Hascon. If it was a Hasbro brand, I would have gotten all the cool skins. That's right. Because uh, Hasbro loves their fans. September 8 to 10, 2017, in Providence, Rhode Island, at the Rhode Island Convention Center and Dunkin' Donuts Center. Uh, they are having... What? Yes. It's both? It's the... It, yeah, it's, there's a very long name under the date on their logo. Now, is that the same location that Bacon was back in the day? I think so, because I don't Connected think... Connected to that mall that has a Dunkin' Donuts in it? I don't think Rhode Island has, like, multiple convention centers, from what I've been told. So I'm assuming it's the same place. And it's I sort of... Small. I remember many years ago thinking Dunkin' Donuts Center is a weird name for a thing. Uh, but this is, this, is a, this is a new word. It's got a trademark next to it. This is the premier Hasbro... Family event. Uh, so the, the family has a little trademark next to it in the logo, which Great. activated me really fast when this went up, where uh, thoughts were just flying through my head and I had to get them all out. Um, <clears throat> so I, I started applying N's and M's next to N's and M's in other words, because uh, family seems like a word that someone was very proud of and nobody else was. But whoever was proud of it pushed it so hard they got it trademarked. And it was like, all right, I guess we're calling our fans the family now. Because <clears throat> that word kind of sucks. Uh, yeah. It's a very it's a very poor portmanteau. It's cute. The fact that it, I would I would actually not be talking about it except for the fact there's a little TM next to it. So now I kind of love it. Um, but the, that is kind of the image this con this convention is portraying and it's i think a very important thing to say <clears throat> while this convention is pushing stuff for all kinds of ages of fans they are they are primarily calling this their family event and this is i think like an event that is made for multi-generational families to go to who are into cool stuff uh i think it's also important to say right now nothing about this show has ever said to me that it is the replacement for botcon and the amount of conversation referring to this as the botcon replacement is very misguided in my opinion it's making yeah. it's making it a lot more annoying to people and it doesn't have to be like is there is there even a dealer room there is okay but it's like it's a, it's kind of expensive from what i've been told uh there's a there's a thing for exhibitors I'll bring it up right now. Uh, <clears throat> an artist table is 350 bucks. A basic booth. It's a 10 by 10 foot booth. That's a thousand bucks. A 20 by 10 foot booth is $2,500. And a 40 foot by 10 foot booth is $5,000. Do you think they're going to allow third party toys? So that's been an interesting <laughs> conversation. It's like, okay, A, 
let's just assume no. But <laughs> <laughs> the way to extend from that is like at a, at a botcon, that's a kind of as, as nuanced as that can be if it's written poorly. It's a pretty easy concept. When you start working in stuff like D&D and Magic the Gathering, it becomes like, how does this extend to like selling old editions of D&D or like, you know, very old editions of Magic the Gathering? Like stuff that's out of print or maybe is uh, is not part of current sanctioned rules. Yeah, or uh, or things related to those properties that aren't licensed. Yeah. And uh, as far as anyone has told me, and as far as I've, I've done my very shallow digging around, it doesn't seem to be any language specifically about that yet. Uh, I would say that if you did get a booth at Hascon and just showed up with, like, crates of third-party Transformers toys, then that's ballsy, but, like, <laughs> you, you can't get mad when what probably happens happens. It's, it's the other stuff I'm really curious about. How do they feel about Mattel product being brought in? So that's, again, that's another thing. This is Hasbro's show. Are they cool with you having a bunch of Masters of the Universe toys for sale? Uh, and I, I, like, I haven't seen any, uh, I haven't dug very deep in the thread, so I don't know if this has already been answered, but apparently I did catch in a reply, like, people are figuring out who to email about these kind of specific questions. <clears throat> so I think that people are going to have gotten answers to this stuff in the next, like, month or so. Uh, hopefully this thing's in September. But, uh, they do have guests and stuff. Uh, Seth, they, they got, uh, so the guests are listed on the TFW front page with all the, the relevant Transformers names bolded. Um, thanks, Tony Bacala, a user at TFW. But, uh, I kind of like the, I think there's a thing to be said about the way that the guests are laid out on Hascon's website, because it's in three sets of four. So there's kind of like top billing, mid billing, and bottom billing. So, uh, Seth, let's go through guests. And I'll go through them in, the, in, in their billing. Top billing guests. Stan Lee, Marvel Comics legend. Peter yeah. Cullen, Transformers original voice talent for Optimus Prime. Frank Welker, Transformers original voice talent for Megatron. And Andrea and, Libman. Yeah, and then like 20 other characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Andrea Libman, My Little Pony voice talent of Pinkie Pie and Fluttershy. So those are the four top billing guests. Do you know what's crazy, though? What? Frank Welker is also the voice of Andrea Libman. Libman. Yeah, I know. And sometimes the voice of Stan Lee. Yeah. I mean, Stanley's getting older, right? Yeah. Uh, so those are... True believers! <laughs> those are very uh, logical, um, you know, convention-type guests to get, especially for Hasbro, like Peter Cullen and Frank Welker. Even though this isn't a BotCon-type show, those two guys are now voices in billion-dollar Hollywood movies related to a Transformers uh, brand or Hasbro brand. So these all seem like like solid guests. Stan Lee actually really surprised me. Um not for like a long time because Hasbro and Marvel totally do stuff together. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense because, yeah, Hasbro does all the Marvel toys. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and getting a My Little Pony voice actor in completely makes sense because that cartoon has a massive fan base and the voice actors, as I understand it, are a big part of that along with the general writing and stuff. Like, it's a, it's the kind of show where you care a lot about the showrunner and the voice actors. Yeah. The girlfriend and I were talking about it just recently. Like, I was trying to figure out, like, what, when you rule out the licensed toy lines like Star Wars and Marvel, would you argue that My Little Pony is Hasbro's <clears throat> second biggest property right now? So there are people who actually have the data on that, and I don't know it, but My Little Pony and Play-Doh, uh, as far as I understand, they do real well on their own. Well, yeah, that's, that's Play-Doh is something else. Like, that's why there's... Like, a, there's figures. A, 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's also... Lines. That's why there's a Play-Doh mascot on, like, the top and bottom of every page on the Hascon website. Uh, which I hope is an actual costume person who's gonna chill out at that show. So. <laughs> Remember when that one guy that worked in the Transformer department was going over to Play-Doh and we made all those jokes? Yeah, Greg Lombardo! I was hoping yeah. to see his face in the guest list as, like, the Play-Doh rep. <laughs> That I, would, guess, that would I mean, if Plato's getting their logo all over everything, I guess he's doing his job. Yeah. But uh, these seem like, like pretty solid guests so far. Um, just going to, to second. <laughs> so far. <laughs> yeah, there is a so far. <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> uh, going to second billing. Um, second billing seems all right, too. You got Dude Perfect, who is a uh, YouTube oh trick boy. shot sensation for nerf stuff. It's like I, a gang of dudes. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about them, but if they do, if they have a YouTube channel where they do lots of really cool stuff with nerf guns, that seems like a very smart way to have nerf represented in the guest list. I've only seen a few of their videos, and none of them have had Nerf product in it. I, Everything okay. I've ever seen has been, like, Frisbees and basketballs. I wonder if, like, they got sent to Creative Nerf stuff and were told, like, hey, make three videos in the next month. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> sure they have done Nerf stuff. Ah. It's just, of the little bit of them I've been exposed to, Nerf stuff was not involved. So, like, I don't think of them as the Nerf guys. Yeah, I think of them as the jock dudes that spend two days until they get that perfect frisbee throw, and then they go, "Dude, perfect, dude." Is that the catchphrase? And then they bro five each other and chest bump or something. I don't know. Wait, what's a, what's a bro five? It's a high five just for bros. Oh, jeez. Well, it, I think like a bro five probably hits a lot harder. That's where you it's like, like are, that kind of bro five. That's really like a bam. Yeah, it's where you're, you're you're both like eyes locked on each other's elbow, and you got the hand cupped a bit for maximum volume. Yeah, and then you like you yell at each other, like you're you go yeah, <laughs> bro, and then you crush a beer. Was, they could hire me. I'd be up for it. I can be a dude. I'm not perfect. Can you be a bro? I I could. I have a brother, so I have some experience. Can you be a dude and a bro at the same time? If I put, that's that's where it gets tough. If I put my mind to it, I can accomplish anything. Are you willing to get a barbed wire tattoo around your bicep? I'll get like a, I'll, I'll, if they like just make one out of stickers and stick it on there real good, so I can rip it off after we're done, so I don't look like a scumbag. Then, are you willing to get a Japanese character tattooed on you that doesn't say what you think it says? No, okay, no. I was about to say if I can be the clever one who knows the character that's going on, then sure. But no, I'm not going to have the word for fish like on the side of my leg. Uh, anyway, the next three guests in in mid billing are Hasbro people, and I like that they're already up in the mid billing area because you got Mark Rosewater, who is the lead designer on Magic: The Gathering, which I always forget is now actually a Hasbro property. Uh, and that's probably big news for Magic the Gathering people, I would assume. Uh, Megan McCarthy, the VP head of storytelling at Hasbro Studios. Uh, and there's a bit of an Equestria Girls cutout behind her, so I'm guessing that she has a lot of ties to show other shows. Like, I don't actually remember her name from Transformers credits of late, unless she has stuff to do with Rid, and I just haven't paid attention. Or uh, Rescue Bots. Um... And then there's Mark Baudreau, who's the senior principal designer of Star Wars products. So that makes a lot of sense, because, hey, Star Wars is a big thing. Um, the Magic the Gathering side of this is going to become, a, I think, a bit of a topic when we get to the ticket prices. Uh, have you paid attention to Magic the Gathering in the last while? Because I haven't. 
No, the only exposure I had to it was when I had that roommate a while back. No. I don't have that roommate oh, anymore. Oh, you could have you could have dropped this news on him. Well, my girlfriend still works with him. So and maybe drop, by drop next time news. around I'll have gotten some intel. Yeah, like hey, if you you can get over and meet Mark Rosewater himself. Dude, there ain't no way that dude has the money <laughs> for the ticket, let alone getting to and from Rhode Island, let alone having anywhere to stay or food to eat while there. All those trifles aside. <laughs> well, this this dude, he has an incredible way of getting people to just sort of give him crap. So maybe, like, one of his dopey buddies who have more sense than money will buy him a ticket or something and he'll weasel his way over there somehow. It's been my dream since childhood to meet Mark, Mark Rosewater at Hascon in 2017. Yeah, well, he's the dude that, like, ended up going to WrestleMania for free. Oh man, I want to. And hit some him. other buddy just gave him a uh, a tablet once. Like, I don't need this Galaxy tablet or whatever it was. Why don't you have it? It's like, how do you find these people to sponge off of? <laughs> you mooch. Well, he's not meeting Mark Rosewater. That's for sure. Yeah, you can tell. You look at Mark Rosewater. You can see in that smile. He doesn't have time for mooches. No way. Uh, anyway, going no over to. Way. Going over to bottom billing. Uh, top of the bottom billing is another uh, My Little Pony voice actor, uh, Kathy Wesseluk, voice talent of Spike. And then second... So how oh. is she so far down being a voice actor? So I don't recognize the name Spike, so I'm guessing Spike, and this is where someone who actually watches the show will crucify me. I'm guessing Spike is not as big a character because I know for a fact that Pinkie Pie and Fluttershy are part of like the main like hero squadron, the main uh, cast of that show. They're part of the uh, the Sentai team in the opening episode. Uh, whereas Spike, I don't unless I'm forgetting that Spike was in the opening episode as well because I only actually watched the opening thing. Yeah, but shouldn't any well? Okay, Spike's a little purple dragon. Oh, he was in the open. Okay, never mind me. Okay, here, I'm calling him on this. Shouldn't any voice actor from one of their top shows, if not their top show, um, rank above Dude Perfect? She should uh, have traded places with Dude Perfect in this, because I think, so here's what I think, because this is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have my umbrage in just a second here. I think I know what your umbrage is going to be. Yeah, anyone I think will know if they've been following on the website now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I agree. I think that it's kind of weird that she's like not even mid-billing. She's like third billing below Dude Perfect. Um, but yeah, second billing of the bottom billing is Candace Payne, Chewbacca mom, internet yeah. personality. Now, yeah. did I, am I misremembering or did she not turn scummy in the last year? I don't know. Because I thought I saw a bunch of headlines about her... Like viciously monetizing this this one claim to fame she had, uh, to the point of becoming obnoxious. But maybe I'm not remembering correctly. Also, in 2017, having Chewbacca Mom as a guest feels a little behind the times. Like this, she's not like if you had Tayson Day on to sing Chocolate Rain in 2017. But it's the same kind of thought process. Here's the part where I get mad. After Chewbacca Mom, you've got frigging John Warden and Daryl the Priest. 
build after Chewbacca Mom. I don't okay, I don't really care about Daryl DePriest that much, I'll admit. But I think it's messed up to John Warden be penultimate billing be below the irrelevant internet personality. Yeah, well, how did... I mean, who did the voice of Spike piss off <laughs> to, yeah. to be <laughs> below Dude Perfect? Like, in between Dude Perfect and Chewbacca Mom. Like, it kind of... It, it kind of I would feel it kind of sucks to just kind of be thrown there next to Chewbacca Mom either way. Like, that's part of the thing that's annoying me is, like, Chewbacca Mom has sandwiched herself between two people who really should be top and mid-billing on this. Uh, and I, I just, I don't really know. Like, Daryl DePriest, uh, credited with G.I. Joe, Stretch Armstrong, and Micronauts, is the VP global brand strategy of, of Hasbro. Probably has lots of cool things to say. John Warden is a guy who has lots he could say about the work he's done on G.I. Joe and Transformers. And he's, like, the head dude with Transformers toys right now as far as an English-speaking face. So, uh... I think that, you know, A, kind of sucks that he's beneath Chewbacca mom, and B, that this should be kind of a real clarifying thing to tell you that this is not the replacement for BotCon, because the replacement for BotCon in no way, shape, or form would build, like, the product design manager beneath the lady who put a Chewbacca mask on and made tons of money off of doing it. No, no disrespect to that original... The lady original... who got $2,500 in Cole's gift cards... No, no disrespect to her for that original video. I like that video. Uh, it's just, yeah, there be there was this weird tone about her afterwards where it was like, how do I turn this exact single thing yeah. into an entire career? How and do then, I make a living being Chewbacca mom? Yeah, and uh, the the problem, the only problem I have with that is that that's based on the idea that she never actually does anything else except r tell people she made the Facebook video the one time, like. Uh, that's the part where I kind of squint at it, where I'm like, there's nothing fresh that you're doing. Like, uh, that. there's that uh, Cosmopolitan uh, interview where she's like, yeah, I went, the Hasbro made a, a Chewbacca mom toy with my voice clips in it. And it's like, that's still all derived from a Facebook video. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm skimming this article about her. So she's pitching a book deal. And... And has a web series in the works that she can't disclose. Well, I mean, technically you can't disclose anything you're working on with a lot of people until it's concrete. Unless, hey, maybe it's a Chewbacca mom web series where they they get her and Peter Mayhew in a voice booth. <laughs> and she plays Chewbacca's mom. I'd pitch that. Anyway... Those are some guests, Seth. There's 12 nameable guests they've got coming. Uh, well, what? What's Chewbacca mom even going to do there? Is I she going to be sitting at a table with a Chewbacca mask on and then people go, oh, there's that lady. And then they walk on by. Like is this all the way? Is this some sick, twisted game on Hasbro's part to like make her feel bad? Like, yeah, are they <laughs> sit gonna... here and be ignored. Do you, do you remember that time? I don't know if you were there for that one. It was like BotCon 06. It was the first fun pub BotCon when they had the kid from the Energon toy commercials as a guest. <laughs> and he was just sitting by himself at a table looking depressed. And all of the other voice actors would, were actually trying to get people to go talk to him because they felt bad for him. Uh, because it was a colossal mis misstep, completely misguided idea to have him as a guest. 
And yeah, maybe, maybe this is like some real screwed up. Like, <laughs> what if we just kneecap her self-esteem? That, that would that would actually be way messed up. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. Because, like, that's, that's, like, a really sadistic thing to do instead of just not inviting her to the convention. Or it's like they're not paying her. Like, the, the, they're, like, strong on her. And it's like, you know, we never went after you for uh, oh, man. Using, our, using our property. You owe us one, lady. Sit here for free. <laughs> uh, set, setting Chewbacca mom aside... Uh, any any other thoughts you've got? We, we on, really are giving her the business, aren't we? I mean, <laughs> yes, uh, and I, to a certain degree, I I uh, I was I'm, I get kind of pumped for that, but I think I'm I think I've let it all out now. Uh, any any other thoughts you've got on on the rest of the guests here? No, I like just feel bad for Kathy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot who Spike was, and now that I remember that character, it's like, no, that was like a major in the in the the premiere of that show. Spike was like a super major speaking role. Well, I I know nothing about that show. Never watched an episode. But when you said Spike, the first thing that popped in my head is, is there like a little dragon or something? Yeah, yeah, there is. Like he's like the the familiar or whatever for the main character. That's that's really messed up that she's on like third billing on this thing. <laughs> Unless I don't know what Dude Perfect's YouTube view count like uh, status is like if they are like a my multi- understanding is they do well for themselves. Yeah, if there are like a multi million subscriber and multi million view YouTube channel, I can see how that warrants a second billing on this. It's just I think it should have not been in front of a voice actor. Yeah, someone that actually works and yeah, the biz. But uh, the schedule for the show is actually real loose because the schedule they have up right now has times for the Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons play events. It has times for when like the show starts, but then things like meeting people, costume characters, panels, celebrity appearances are all just listed as also. So they don't actually have like a schedule schedule yet. But uh, it is three days. Um... And it's the the hours are pretty long for a convention. Like it's running uh, nine till seven p.m. Saturday and nine till six p.m. Sunday. Uh, Friday is running eleven till eight. Like they're running full days, all three days. Huh. Um, so I guess that can that can bring us to the tickets part. Uh, so th- this is the part where actually I wasn't. I th- I feel like a lot of a lot of the discussion about the tickets are not looking at the general admission. Because the general admission doesn't seem insane. Uh, it's a little harsh, but it doesn't seem like crazy. It's like if you're if you're a baby, you get in for free. Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're ages three to fifteen, you pay thirty bucks for a day or seventy five for three days. And if you're over sixteen, it's sixty bucks a day or one sixty five for three days. A little rough. Any like going over forty five dollars for a day uh, seems to me like a little a little rough for what is a very uh, general topic convention. But it doesn't seem crazy to me. Uh, and then all that stuff you get, you still get, it seems like, a bunch of things. The VIP tickets are where you get at, uh, like, sets of souvenirs, I'm guessing. And then, oh yeah, like, there's VIP areas for panels, there's evening activity things, uh, reserved seating at stuff, a goodie bag 
and then uh, seems like a kind of dumb green screen thing. Um, Somehow the goodie bag just does a bunch of pop vinyls. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I mean, this seems like the one of the conventions for which that would kind of be topical and in the theme of it is like. Hey, we heard yeah, but lo- it's a different company. It's heard- not even their product. We heard you love our brands, and Funko just sent us a bunch of stuff from our brands for free, so here. <laughs> well, it's all the pop vinyls that Hasbro employees bought, but now they were instructed to get rid of because they're bringing back a... Uh, oh, yeah, Mighty Mugs know, are coming Mighty back. Mighty Mugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but here's uh, here's the, the VIP tickets. Um, the Superstar version is for if you're under 15. I'm guessing you're not even listening to our podcast if you're under 15, but that's a $200 thing um, for the adults who are 16 and up. It is a $600 plus tax. Uh, I don't know what the RI state tax is, state sales tax, but that is not included in the $600. And that's for three days with all the special features. That is rough. Unless the goodie bag is friggin' incredible. Uh, I think that's pretty rough. Um... That ticket has Optimus Prime as a picture, because I guess they're like, hey, this is the closest thing to a crazy BotCon ticket that we have. Uh, I gotta look at these features one more time. Rhode Island sales tax is 7%. So that is another $42. So $642. American. Uh, I would caution right now, if if you're not in America, don't even consider this. Like, that's... Whoa. Whoa. That's in, that's in, that's enormously expensive <laughs> uh, for what is not a very focused show. Um, and I also want to lay out, I don't think the show, like, like the number of people going like, ah, oh, they're dead in the water. I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I think they're just trying to figure their thing out. And I think it's not aimed at Transformers fans. Yeah, they're throwing a wide net on this deal, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that said, I think 600 bucks is a really unpleasant number to look at. And, uh, oh, it also includes a behind-the-scenes experience at Hasbro, so I guess they're gonna because it's at Rhode Island, they're gonna take people uh, in, into the building. But I think they really got to done that. I, I think they really gotta say something about what's in the goodie bag without they don't have to spoil all the surprises. But the way Botcon ever got away with these kind of ticket prices, and they didn't even go you know all the way up to six hundred just for the main Primus package. I don't think uh, what they would do is they would tell you at least roughly what you're getting and there's a way to start pricing that out and i feel like you gotta at least say what's in the goodie bag to some degree like say one say one of the big things in it otherwise this seems really really harsh uh there are also 600 dollar uh packages that are aimed not just at regular super fans but at magic the gathering and dungeons and dragons super fans separately um so the magic the gathering one um you get uh, an entry into the 25th anniversary party for Magic the Gathering. You get two entries into the iconic Masters Advance release events. You get three silver-bordered MTG cards made especially for Hascon, uh, with mashups with three awesome Hasbro brands. So I was trying to... F- I was thinking, what are those brands going to be? Yeah. And I bet you one of the cards is Optimus Prime. Yep. One of the cards is, like, Rainbow Dash. Yep. And then I, I I was like, man, I don't know what the third one's gonna be. It's a toss up. And then yeah, then the then I was thinking like, oh, maybe like the Monopoly Man. Oh yeah. Or what But if, then when you pointed out how much Play Doh branding is everywhere, what if it's Play Doh? I was about to say, <laughs> what if it's like a Play Doh land? Like a land card that's like land of dough. 
tap for any color because Play-Doh is in many colors. <laughs> uh, and then there's some other stuff in there, but those were the top build features. And then there's the D&D Super Fan. Uh, you get one entry into the Weekend Warrior event run by an expert dungeon master. Uh, reserved Ooh. seat to the D&D Live game. And then uh, a D&D version of the goodie bag with specialized Dungeons & Dragons stuff, like a signed copy of the most recent book, uh, Ultra Pro merchandise, a patch. So what I assumed when I saw these these super fan ticket prices is I was like, I, someone was talking about it on Facebook, and I said, I just assumed that this, like, 600 bucks for, for you know, themed goodies, I'm guessing that's a thing for Magic the Gathering and Dungeons & Dragons fans at their own tabletop conventions, and I just don't know about it. Uh, someone chimed in and said, no, that is not true. Uh, that there's no precedent in either of those fandoms for going to a convention for 600 bucks because they're giving you stuff. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. I mean, and just another thing that I think drives home the concept that this is not a replacement for BotCon is there's like the specific magic and D&D sets, but there isn't a specific Transformer set. Yeah. So it's like that general goodie bag might have a transformer thing in it and then we'll likely also have a uh, my little pony thing and uh something else yeah um the the like what to if me the, what if the transformer thing are shufflers and you still haven't found one by then i'm gonna be mad <laughs> <laughs> then i i am never going to the 2017 has gone if that's the case i will protest it by not attending uh I probably wasn't going to go anyway because I just can't afford to go to a thing for 600 bucks. But um, yeah, I think that if if this was going to be the catch-all Hasbro show forever, there would have been a Transformers theme thing here. So while I still don't think that means there's going to be necessarily a Transformers show this year, to me this is saying that if they're going to do a Transformers show, it's probably going to be its own thing. Because uh, Transformers is like one of their hugest uh fully owned brands so i i just i i, I want to say again i see nothing here that's telling me this is the replacement for botcon uh so like you know don't don't feel like you have to go to this and if you're really mad that this is the thing that's replacing the convention you love i don't think it is so like it seems just kind of like getting yourself maybe a little too angry at something that it's not entirely correct. Yeah, it almost feels like it's more of a magic and D&D thing with the other Hasbro stuff. Yeah. I mean, the guests are more skewed toward Transformers and Ponies with guests like Peter Collin and, and uh, Frank Welker. Um, well, Stan Lee almost seems odd there. Yeah, Stan Lee feels like he's just going wh wherever anyone's going to pay him to go to. Uh -huh. Uh, the voice actors feel, I, I'm just thinking about it. I'm kind of like, what, what shows are there right now that are big and Hasbro and it's like Transformers and Ponies. So it's like, all right, if they weren't, or if they're going to have performers as guests, those are the places to pull from, uh, people who are on design teams. I think part of that is like, it's on Hasbro's back door. So they're, they're there anyway. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like they're pulling John Warden out and sending him to this thing. Um, so yeah, like the, as much as like the ticket prices, I think are really astonishing. Once you get past the general admission, like I let's see how the show goes once before you really start tearing into it. I think there is a chance that if this is all they ever say, this might not go super well. Um, 
but I, I'm curious to see what happens. I'm not really like upset or offended at any of the stuff they're showing here. Like if this was within driving distance for me, like if I live close enough to where I could get up in the morning, drive to it, and then go home at the end of the day, mm. that that seems like it's worth just the one day ticket price. Oh yeah, because like I. I'm not that big of a panel guy, and I'm not an autograph guy at all. Um, so the only thing I feel like I was risking missing out on was if something ended up being super awesome in the goodie bag. Um, but it doesn't seem like for like the the sort of person that would go to Botcon, this doesn't seem like enough of a thing to warrant the cost and travel. Yeah, and I would wager that whatever the Transformers toy exclusive stuff might be, I I would heavily wager that it's the same stuff they're going to have at San Diego Comic-Con. Like, I feel like that's going to be the draw of this show is, hey, we have leftovers from STCC. They're here as souvenirs as well, and we're not marking them up. You know, like, I bet whatever they're making for San Diego, they've got an extra thousand or two produced and set aside for Hascon, maybe with like a different sticker on the front. So I, I just I I cannot see some kind of massively prestigious Transformers item only being at Hascon. Yeah. You know, that is also a toy. That might cut off people who can't go to Comic Con and wait for that Hasbro toy shop appearance of, of items. True. Although unless has- they go these are the SDCC uh, SDCC ones and We'll throw those up on Toy Shop because we've allocated this other group and not just roll over. Oh, yeah. I I would assume the way that stuff works is that the Hascon stock would be a separate thing. And then after Hascon, that would go up on Hasbro Toy Shop as well. Hmm. Um, at least that that's the way that makes the most sense to me from what I know. Uh, but that's that's the ticket stuff um, with Hascon. There's one other thing we're talking about, which is uh, convention policies. Uh, I'm actually quite impressed at the length and breadth of their policies list. Um, they seem quite prepared. Like they, it seems like they, they've learned from a lot of other shows in that they have a, an extensive uh, dress, costume, and prop policy. Um, whether or not this works for you as a cosplayer is going to be up to the kind of costumes you're making, but at least it's all laid out here. Like there doesn't seem to be a lot of gray zone um there's even i think there's a really funny part somewhere in here about like you can't masquerade as a paid performer which i think is a funny thing to specify uh so that that seems fine there's also a um there's a harass an anti-harassment policy uh which is good to see at any convention um basically like they're they're laying out here like if you start something we reserve the right to throw you out if you start something we're gonna finish it that's right (laughs) We got on site, baby. They will deal with you and take you off site, and then they'll probably not deal with you there because it's out of our jurisdiction. Um, sadly, <laughs> for some reason, Hasbro <laughs> hires the, the Hell's Angels to do security, like <laughs> the Altamont concert or something. It's a total mess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is the the thing I hate seeing a convention policy lists. Like, it's at most convention policy lists, so whatever, but this is another one of those ones where it's like, no outside food or beverages, we have food for sale on site. So it's probably going to be very expensive. Um, and that always bums me out. I understand well, it's like... if it is, if it is that same place, I mean, there's that Skyway that connects it to that mall next door with hella food. 
Yeah. So uh, hopefully it is the same place and it is easy to get to food. Because um, I, I hate it when it's a convention where you get kind of like locked into the system of the building you're in. And it's like, yeah. oh, if you want outside food, uh, if you don't want to pay our prices, ha- have fun. Book out yeah, 45 minutes to do that. Yeah, we're not near anything. Yeah. Um, there's a, yeah, there's a thing about shopping and retail. Um, oh, I didn't actually click this here. What is the policy regarding buying and selling counterfeit merchandise? The buying and selling of counterfeit, knockoff, unlicensed materials will not be tolerated. Uh, Hascon is a showcase for all Hasbro brands and their licensed partner brands. Bootlegs and counterfeits have no place at Hascon and will not be permitted. If you have reason to believe you have received counterfeit merchandise, please contact security or a Hascon help desk. Uh, (laughs) If you want to be a narc, spoil it for everybody. We got a whole narc system for you here. Uh, so they actually, this is making it really clear. They are saying three separate words, uh, terms, counterfeit and knockoff and unlicensed are all under this banner. So that to me makes it super clear as far as, um, stuff like third party transformers. Certainly that, that is raising the question of like other brands. Um, I'm, I'm assuming if they aren't saying anything here, then, then that, that should be fine. But that's probably something if you're a dealer, it would be worth making sure they're okay with you selling like Mattel stuff if you have it. Um, but then, uh, in, in, at the bottom of the about Hascon thing, there is the autograph policy. Uh, I caught some chatter that this is actually something that is, uh, the same at some other big shows. Uh, I still think this is like, I, I am fine with people charging for autographs. That, that is part of the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's, that's part of the way that the currency at a convention works now. Like if you show up as, as talent, and have a table, and you don't charge for autographs, it's almost like you're upsetting an economy uh, at this point. And, uh, what, like, I, I just don't see a reason to get that mad about it anymore, like, charging for autographs. It's, it's just a thing all shows do. But this one feels like a step beyond that, where they ask you to not bring personal items to be signed. Uh, artists and talent will only sign event merchandise purchased on the day of the event. Proof of purchase, such as a valid Hascon receipt, may be required. And there is one caveat to this. The exception to this policy is from Magic the Gathering cards. You may bring your own cards to be signed with a limit of 10 cards per session. So... Okay, here's my hot beef. Yeah. My hot beef is... if the, Okay. Side beef. If there's a dealer room with vendors and they don't provide a receipt, then you might be out of luck. Mm-hmm. But that that's just something that occurred to me. The hot beef I have is what are you going to buy there that you want Stan Lee to autograph? Aside from, like, a stack of comics or something. That, like yeah, the- but what comics are you buying there that you want Stan Lee to autograph? If you want Stan Lee to autograph something, it's probably going to be something he worked on, mm-hmm. and that's going to be really expensive. Yeah, I think this this policy needed to not apply to Stan Lee, specifically. Yeah, there should be something about comics because like what? So you're gonna buy like a Spider-Man toy and ask him to autograph that? It's like, huh? And I, like, who I, wants I, that? I'm only saying what I'm saying because the precedent is set by the the exception that's already there for Magic: The Gathering cards. You can bring your own. Like you don't have to even buy the pack of ten that they have there. You can bring your own Magic cards from home. If you can do that, why can you not bring your own comics from home for Stanley? Like that is a massive logic gap in this policy. 
yeah maybe put a limit on it that might be something like absolutely yeah you can bring one comic for stanley to sign not like a giant stack of 50 or whatever but it's like i don't know that it's it's that's that's the i think that's the worst yeah situation every other guest is is so hasbro relevant like of course what does it matter like unless like unless there's some special thing with the nerf shooting trickster dudes where it's like you want to bring like a, a screenshot from their video or something i don't know well but like, i could also see if you had like here's my copy of the 1986 transformers movie and i've been over years and years getting autographs from the voice cast and frank walker's the last one i need nope can't bring it here yeah, the Frank Frank Walker and Peter Cullen and like the voice actors, I think this is kind of messed up as a policy, but I feel like it's at least in a scumbag way defensible because it's a Hasbro <laughs> show where there's going to be tons of stuff that's attached to those people as far as what they worked on. It's when you get into the Stan Lee side where I'm like, dude has worked in comics for so long. Most of the stuff that he's relevant to, you're not going to have for sale with a Hascon receipt like you simply won't. Uh, also, because of this policy exception, does this mean I can bring 10 Magic the Gathering cards for Stan Lee to sign? <laughs> just, just really <laughs> crap on their whole thing. Yeah. And just get all your autographs on Magic cards. Yeah, bring 10 Frank cards. Welker, <laughs> 10 cards Peter per Gullen, guest. <laughs> Chewbacca Mom. Let's get Chewbacca Mom to sign a whole bunch of land cards. <laughs> Like, th- that's the thing about this policy where, for like, considering how I felt most of the rest of the FAQ is pretty solid, this autograph signing policy is buried at the bottom of the About Hascon section, and it is, like, full of holes as far as logic, as far as what seems reasonable. Well, I, and print out that clause that you could bring magic cards of some staff goon tries to question you you just hold it up <laughs> like i am within my rights sir <laughs> there is a star <laughs> next to the underlined and bolded not you can see it right here uh i am i have hoping... found a loophole and i'm taking advantage of it the, sir the the number of people who have very specifically been speaking out against that policy and the ways it applies to the guests that are announced I think there's a decent, you know, like 25% chance that a big rewrite of the autograph policy will happen before the show happens. Uh, it, seems, it seems like the kind of thing that could get updated and tweaked uh, before the show starts. Certainly, if you actually are able to go to Hascon easily and we're hoping to go and this is messing with you, you should contact Hascon and say this is something that is uh, a, a linchpin for your decision, you know, it, this is potentially going to turn you off of attending if it is. Because um, as far as I know, like nothing about the people running Hascon has, has told me that you're going to have any kind of confrontation over questioning their policies uh, before the show. So, <laughs> They'll just ignore you. Yeah, they might they just won't ignore. confront you. <laughs> yeah, at, at worst, they will just not reply to you. Uh, so I think you should, you, know, you should contact them if you think that this sucks and you, and you were planning to go. Um other than that, uh, there's there's a whole bunch of meet and greet, whatever. Like, I, I'm really, in a positive way, curious to know how Hascon goes. Like, it seems like a very interesting event. Uh, there is certainly a, a very branded nature to it, which is kind of capitalistically disgusting, but in a way I sort of like. Uh, sort of the same way that every now and then I like having McDonald's. Um, and uh, I, I hope it goes well. Like, I don't I don't want this to be a disaster. 
if it does go well and there is a second Hasbro con, Hascon, whatever, the maybe they'll have the yeah, maybe they'll have the Charlie bit my finger kids as a guest next time. I don't even know who those are. It's another one hit wonder of YouTube. Are the, that's is that like getting the, the the Tron costume guy to show up at a thing? Oh man. Oh, Mattel did the Tron toys, right? He'll be at MattelCon. Yeah. No, it was uh, Playmates. Playmates did those. Playmate. Yeah. PlayCon. PlaymatesCon. Oh, no. Don't call it that. PlayCon or PlaymatesCon? PlaymatesCon. You never saw Charlie Bit My Finger? That no. was hot biz on you know, YouTube. I bet years I did. Ago. I bet I did when it was fresh, but it was one of those things that like I then forgot. Yeah, it was these little British kids, and one's like a baby... That's Charlie. And Charlie bites the other kid's finger. And then that kid starts oh. crying that Charlie bit his finger. Oh, don't bite his finger, Charlie. Does he does he say it with like a British accent? It's like, Charlie bit my finger. <laughs> I can Something see. Like that. I it was around the same time as that kid that was like all doped up after the dentist. Oh, the the one who's all like in the in the, the car seat, just like yeah. flipping. Is yeah. this real life? It's like around that time period. Yeah, it was one of the, one of those wholesome generations of YouTube. Um, anything else about Hascon you want to talk about? Uh, no, nah, I think we pooped on it enough. I I I'll say this: I certainly <laughs> hope this did not come across as a massive pooping session on anything other than maybe the legacy of Chewbacca Mom. <laughs> uh, it's I, just yeah. I mean, it's I'm sure there's going to be a lot of cool stuff there. But it's it's not going to be enough of what I would want yeah, to and, even consider going. And I, I don't think anything about their messaging has ever even attempted to say, oh, if you love BotCon, you should come to HasCon. Like, yeah. it, 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 no more than they might say, oh, if you liked what you saw at BotCon, maybe come to San Diego Comic-Con. Like, that's it's the same kind of show uh, as far as what I'm seeing. Um. So if you can make it, like, you know, go for it. But I, I no, really... like, yeah, if it was close, yeah. like if it was like in San Francisco, I would totally be down to go for a day. I just think I think everyone can agree. Like if you would need to spend hundreds of dollars to travel there and get into the hotel and everything, maybe don't unless you are more than just a Transformers fan. Apparently, if you're a Magic the Gathering fan, this might be awesome. Is this the show of a lifetime? Yeah, it's, you're going to get them cards. You know, you're going to meet the lead special designer. Special cards. Richard Richard Wankenstein, the guy who yeah. designed the game. Uh, I forgot his actual name. I've closed the website already. I'm not going to look it up. Um, we'll see how that all goes. Hopefully, there's more announcements about what's actually going to be there. But, uh, Seth, we got one other big chunk of news. Chunky. And this, this is fully about Transformers. Uh, out of nowhere, in Figure King, issue 232, full color pictures of MP39 Masterpiece Friggin' Sunstreaker were revealed Friggin'. with a designer team interview. Uh, Seth, this is the masterpiece that I had begun to theorize simply could not come out because of the car that he turned into. Uh, and here he is. He's coming out in like fourth quarter. He's going to cost, like, I'm guessing. Uh, Somewhere around 10,000, 11,000 yen. Because uh, his pre-order price on Big Bad is like 120. Yeah. Um, he turns into a Lamborghini. He certainly turns into a slightly different looking Lamborghini. 
Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But Seth, I did say that I didn't think that at this point that this guy actually was going to be coming out anytime soon. Uh, so I do need to eat a hat. So I've got a hat right here. I'm going to unwrap it and crack off this, this hat. And uh, huh. eating a hat right now. Mm, that's a good hat. Mm. Yeah, because I know it's been said somewhere, and I don't know if it it was like for reals or if uh, it was just a theory. But I know people had said that Lamborghini is like really particular about mm -hmm. which of their car models they license. They uh, they were I think it was confirmed that they were very particular about the exact paint used on Masterpiece Sideswipe. And that yeah. they, they were also very particular about the hood not being um, uh, broken up on the car mode. They want the iconic Lamborghini hood to always be like a solid piece. Yeah, but I think I heard even more specifically Lamborghini like wouldn't license that model car out. Oh, yeah. Sunstreaker turned into a concept Lamborghini that didn't actually you know, exist as a mass produced car, as I understand it. Um, and I think that's backed up by some of the stuff on this Sunstreaker where it certainly helps enhance the transformation in some ways, but like the hood of the car does not get fully broken up. Like there's no split down the center. Um, and there is the ability for the concept car to turn into just a regular Lamborghini that looks like a yellow sideswipe. Uh, which is really cool, but this also all feels to me like concessions that were probably made as part of the case to let Lam to get Lamborghini to let them release this. Um, in fact, the, you know, this guy's also very expensive compared to Sideswipe, uh, even, I think, taking into account just the way the economy's changed since 2012. Um, and certainly a lot of that's probably the parts count, but I bet a lot of that is also the license. Uh, that said, I think this looks like a friggin' cool toy. Um, according to the interview, they, they, they went for, um, and in future Masterpiece toys also, they are going for very heavy articulation as a feature, and, uh, this real car mode to concept car mode, if, if people are understanding, and myself are understanding this right, it sounds like there's not going to be any parts forming to do that, like that just the car will be able to transform between both car modes, mm. which I am fascinated by, uh, like, that makes me triple interested in this figure, that he can, like, Inspector Gadget his car modes. Um, and, then you know, he comes with Masterpiece Chip Chase, which everyone's been waiting for, and uh, looks a whole lot like Cartoon Sunstreaker. Um, has this great shoulder articulation, and according to the interview, like, they laid out the thing that I think everyone should have accepted by now, which is you can't have the car modes windshield and roof turn into the robot's chest without it being huge. So, according to the interview, the, the way that they tried to do this to satisfy both parties is he has a fake chest, but the fake chest is still made out of the roof of the car. It's just the roof of the car turns inside out into the fake chest. Oh. And so I'm like, okay, now I really want to see how this works. Yeah, that's a neat trick. <laughs> yeah. Now, it looks like for the two different cars... Um, it looks like there's a hinge along the side of the blowers that are sticking up. And maybe they just flip around. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's something that's really simple um, in, in execution, specifically. Um, and I think some people said that you can kind of make out 
where the tail lights on the real car mode are coming from. Like you can kind of see them behind the yellow mush on the back of the, the cartoon car. Um, also, the car mode has an opening hood and proper gull wing doors. Because I guess Takara Tomy's just like, look what we can do. <laughs> and I'm uh, fine with that. Gull wing doors are different. Oh, what are these ones called? I think they're Lamborghini doors. Lambr okay. <laughs> because they, the, the way they sit, they go up, like hinge up. Gullwing doors are the ones that like stick way out. Oh, like a DeLorean kind of thing. Where you yeah. lift them up? Okay. Yeah. Now who's the car guy? Uh, I guess you are, <laughs> unless Aaron really wants to step it up for a second and stop being the helicopter guy. Uh, he also comes with his uh, his Hollywood monster mask. Uh, so he can look like a fake Hollywood monster. He's got a bunch of different, uh, or two extra facial expressions. So he's like either closed mouth grim, open mouth smiling, or open mouth upset. And uh, it looks like a very fine piece of toy. Like uh, if if this dude is is similar to Masterpiece Megatron and similar to um, like Masterpiece Ironhide, like I, I'm looking forward to an excellent transformation experience. Um, it's just a, it is kind of a shame that like, I was saying this on Twitter, the, the, it's not a shame. It's just interesting that once upon a time, third party toys were the most expensive toys. And now at least in the masterpiece alike market, uh, official masterpiece toys have become the more expensive option. Um, but the silver lining of that is it seems like in being more expensive to is also letting, letting their wings out a little bit as far as how crazy they're getting with, with, with what they're doing. Like, Takara Tomy, with, with this Sunstreaker, it feels like they're showing off to me the same way they were showing off with Megatron. Of, like, just look what we can friggin' do. And I, I kind of like that. The other benefit is you can resell them at a Hascon and not get run out of town on a rail. That's right. The, the, you won't get narcs going to the Hascon help desk. Yeah. Try well, to like sell the, your third-party fake-ass Sunstreaker. This man was... This man is selling bootleg unlicensed Transformers. I want him removed. And Hascon helped us like, yes, sir. The, the, I did not spend $600 to get Dude Perfect's autograph. <laughs> just so this rogue could sell unofficial Sunstreakers. What is a bad cube sun surge? Doesn't sound like an official Hasbro brand to me. I Remove thought... this scallywag. I thought we were all part of the family. If you refuse to remove this scallywag post-haste, I will demand a full and utter refund. This is now the stereotypical Hascon attendee. We've now defined who that is. Is this caricature right here. I uh, thought this was a family event and not a, a den of... Of hucksters and charlatans. What if the children see the unlicensed toy and think it's safe and buy it and die? The only rogues I expected to encounter were at the Dungeons and Dragons events. Bunch of tabletop gaming good-for-nothings worshipping Satan I saw a movie once. <laughs> That's so, fun. Uh, fun to that talk like that. Yeah, I, I wish I could roll my R's like that. That's golden. Like that's that's really good. Rogue. Uh, Seth, how are you feeling about the Sunstreaker? Just on the whole, I is, love it. Yeah, I. So when I first got hip that this was happening, I was like, "Oh, snaps! Like that's cool." 
And then I saw Chip. And I was like, hell yeah, Chip Chase. I, uh, I'm really hyped for the Chip Chase. <laughs> I wish I wish they had they had painted Chip Chase's face a bit more. I hate the one thing yeah. I really hate about Masterpiece Humans is they all look like faceless meat dummies. Hmm. And uh, I just feel like like it's that and the hands. Sunstreaker still has frigging car robot hands that don't look good closed or open. And it's kind of like, yeah. listen, like you're pushing the price point. You're pushing the engineering. Can you please frigging push the hands as well to look better and push the humans to have faces? <laughs> they don't look so freaky. Uh, very minor complaints, I completely admit. But yeah, uh, I, th I think this is a really exciting piece. And the interview, I would highly recommend people check out the interview because they're talking kind of about the future of Masterpiece as well. Um, talking about how they, right now they're kind of alternating between G1 and Beast Wars to throw the widest net. Uh, the, talking about how, you know, they want to distinguish between the designs of Hoist and Trailbreaker, uh, which I guess is a bit of a hint that, hey, maybe they're at least working on a Hoist and Trailbreaker right now. Oh. Um, and it it sounds like like a really cool uh, future for Masterpiece. And I think a cool future for if a lot of companies get wise to this, a, a neat future for unofficial Masterpiece as well. Because it's like, all right, unofficial Masterpiece, guess what your new draw is? You're, you get to do the toyetic aesthetic, and you get to cost 20 to $40 less than the official toys. Like, I think that the uh, the most popular That's unofficial... crazy. The, the most popular unofficial Sunstreaker, the Bad Cube one regular price on that toy is a hundred bucks and he's been on sale before so when this fresh one drops if like big bad and tf source marks if they mark their sun surges down to 80 bucks that toy is going to have shelf life forever because it's going to be like hey maybe you don't like how the official one looks here's a, a cheaper one that is similar but different in ways you might prefer yeah ain't coming with no chip chase though he does he comes with a, comes with an unofficial chip chase that, <laughs> That's right? Yeah. Did yeah. I miss that? Okay, I guess I missed that. I missed that detail. I wasn't, you know. I'm not in the market for third-party stuff right now. You're not in the market for immorally produced chip chases? No. What do, a, what do I look like? Some rogue? <laughs> I don't know. I thought I saw a D6 in your pocket. Maybe you're a Dungeons & Dragons player. Do you think some hucksters... Creating unofficial toys could sell them to me as some common rube that doesn't know the difference. I'm not like those Dungeons and Dragon players leaving life up to dice roll chances. I'm a Magic the Gathering player. I have control over the hand I'm dealt. I'm noticing something on the pictures of Sunstreaker, though. Yeah. The, the engine intakes on his back don't look like the ones on the car. They certainly look like they have an extra chunk on them with that black bar on the bottom. And they're not separated the way they are on the car. I'm guessing those are in the let. No, because the the legs have the gun. Yeah, his to yeah, and his toes are the front of the car. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I, I was think... gonna. I was gonna. I was thinking maybe that like black. Shin might be the blowers flipped over. But. So I, I bet you that the blowers are on the back, but it might be like with the fake roof chest where it's like, all right, it's a fake part, but it's made out of the same components. It's like maybe the robot mode blowers are on the underside of the car mode ones or something. Uh huh. Um, I, I am going to be uh, chomping at the bit to see how this toy works. Because I, I also really love the way the backpack looks in general. 
uh, it looks like a really cool, uh, very smart folding array of, of yeah, it looks pieces. compact without just like here's a bunch of junk on his back. Yeah, and, and it looks clean too. Like it's not made of hinges like uh, Megatron's back. Like the hinges all seem either small or they end up on the inside, which aesthetically is is a very pleasing thing. Um, really, the only thing other thing about this toy that I'm kind of not into is I don't like the yellow spoiler on the car. And uh, the cartoon model in the picture I saw has a silver spoiler, so I don't know why there's a yellow spoiler on here. Well, I'm looking at a picture of the original toy, and there's a silver spoiler there. Yeah. Uh, spoiler. So this the yellow spoiler has actually been like a deal breaker for some folks. Um, oh, no. I, I would say that's maybe a bit much, but uh, I don't oh, really no. like it. I think it, it looks kind of ugly. Um because, like, the robot mode is already very yellow. And the car mode, I think that having a silver spoiler really helps to, like, just take some of the take some of the yellow off my shoulders visually on this thing. Like, there's a lot of yellow on this toy. And it's no, already... Get, get yourself a Gundam marker and... Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a flat spoiler plate. Guess what the easiest thing to put a sticker over is as well? It's like that. Um, but, yeah, I think this thing looks, looks very sharp. Uh... The robot mode aesthetics uh, are fixing my biggest problem with the Bad Cube one, which is the Bad Cube one kind of has like uh, a sort of ugly, very wide shoulder width. Like his shoulders just stick out too much from the torso. And this guy's shoulders are like hella clean. All right up in there where they belong. Um, I also really like that his gun stores inside his leg because that's cool, like spy games. Uh I don't think of anything else about this I wanted to mention, but I think that's about it. Um, I, I'm not going like super in depth on the uh, on the interview, but like, please check that out. Like, it's really great that somebody did a did a translation for us, and I love these. I, I like the fact there's an, an interview about Masterpiece, like right now. Now that we're in this like new era, the only thing about this that I wish I knew is who specifically was being interviewed, aside from just the design team, because it's like, all right, who's on the design team? <laughs> Like that's important to me to to know, um, but yeah, I'm down for this figure. This looks really good. No, I'm looking at a couple Diaclone color schemes. Mm -hmm. So there's options if they want to reuse this mold. Oh yeah, a uh, red red Sunstreaker was like the original Diaclone toy. Yeah, I will and police car. I'll I'll be astounded if a red version of this doesn't come out because that's that's an actual iconic toy for like an entire generation like that's necessary uh they should name it swipe sides yes they should uh also i'm, I'm really happy this is being made because sunstreaker the design is like one of the original transforming robot toys and so there's a lot of there's a lot of prestige behind this design even if in transformers he's he's like a popular character but he doesn't like have he doesn't have volumes of backstory behind him <clears throat> on a toy level the the visual is very important um yeah police version would be cool too uh anyway anything else about sunstreak you want to talk about no then i was just looking at some cartoon model pictures and and it looks like they did take some inspiration but it it, it doesn't feel as cartoon style as some of the other more recent um autobots have 
I think the key for this guy is his face is very, to me, cartoony. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, like, at this point, I'm not saying you have to remake Sideswipe. Somebody has got to make a replacement head and at least face sculpt for Sideswipe and Red Alert. Because those guys have extremely diaclone looking heads and they don't look right next to everyone else. Uh, Sideswipe with, a, with a, a face similar to the Sunstreaker face, I think, could look really good. And I, I would, I'm I, like, doesn't even have to come from an official source. Doctor Wu could do it. Like, even maybe on Shapeways using high def acrylate, someone could could pull it off. But like, I really want Sideswipe and Red Alert to have faces that match everyone else now. Oh, speaking of Shapeways, uh-huh. this is something that crossed my mind a couple of days ago. Remember when Hasbro was doing that thing with like officially sanctioned? I was just thinking about that the other Shapeway day. Shapeway things, yeah. Is that still a thing that happens? I haven't heard anyone talk about that for a good long time. It just popped into my head, and I thought, I wonder if that's still a thing. Uh, Shapeways was on my mind recently, uh, and and then yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, they never cracked down on anybody, and it seems like the whole initiative kind of fizzled. Um, I suspect if it did fizzle, that maybe Hasbro folks realize like it's not yet the time to get this knee deep into 3d printing. Like it's still niche enough that like, there's not really a lot of money to be made here. It's all I can, I can figure, uh, anyone out there, if you're listening and you did have, you know, uh, an, uh, an ear deep into that topic, let us know, uh, in the thread, whatever happened with that. Um, but Seth, would you like to do our listener question? I would, love to do our listener question we got a listener question from murder cat uh who i'll just mention right now at the end of the question says uh also i have started making drawings of that combiner you and seth envisioned from episode 459 do it uh even though i i do want to mention uh someone else also drew that combiner and that team uh albie daily durian a friend of mine got all inspired and like because he's like some kind of super villain he was like, yeah, I just like did these 15 minute sketches where I like I did the color blotch first, and then did the lines after because I don't know if you know, Albie draws like backwards and really well. And like none of us know how his brain works because he'll go like, yeah, I did the flats first and then I did the lines. And it's like, D- no, you can't do that, Albie. That's not how brains work. That's that's what like do you sacrifice virgin blood to something to get these superpowers? Anyway, go. I, they're all in well, the thread. Like, go check them he- out. Does he have, like, a background painting at all? Because, like, if you're painting, you're not drawing all the lines. You're you're painting colors. But once you get down to, like, a robot design, like the ones he's doing, it's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> at a certain point, like, going, going uh, like, blotches two lines like that, like, I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Albie did, mm-hmm. in the episode 457, uh, 57? No, 459 uh, thread. Um, go check out at the end of that thread. We got a whole bunch of stuff. He he did the combiner as well. Uh, and he has a he has a video he put up that's kind of like a time lapse, I think, of him just like coming up with at least one of those pictures. So he did a very good job. And I'll I say, really liked his concept for the combined mode, having like the big main chunk of the garbage truck being like a big gut. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to say to Murder Cat, you know. If you are still working on any drawings of that combiner, please do them. I want to see your take as well. Yeah, uh, no, that'd be cool to see different 
different runs at it. And just remember, these guys are real dirt bags. Yeah, they are scum. Like the only thing these guys are disgusted by is creep out. Yeah. And they just don't want to deal with anybody else. Like Megatron tries to tell them what to do and then they'll just be like, yeah, we'll get right on that and then go back to whatever they were doing. Yeah. Um, but the, the actual question here from Murder Cat is, Hello, Evangelist and crew. I have a question to ask you. Have you ever customized your toys, not just painting a few details, but also adding more to the toy, like building new parts, such as weapons, or adding surface detail to make it more accurate, or just make it look cooler than how it looked before? Thanks. Um, I have not gone as far as, like, adding new parts to toys. I've mostly just done the, the paint touch-up thing myself, uh, which is already very satisfying. But, uh, Seth, what about you? Um, yeah, I don't think I've built anything. Um, some very small modifications, like trying to cut out a little bit of the extra plastic on a G.I. Joe so the elbow will bend farther. Oh, yeah, I've done stuff like that, too. Like, yeah, you know, chopping bits out or modifying tooling a little bit. But far as like like new weapons or like new you know components or or kit bashing two toys together into one like i still haven't tried doing that myself yeah it's i kind of want to keep things as much as they were as possible i don't Mm. really like modding stuff out too much i'm i'm getting close to wanting to try doing some mods like not on the toys i have but getting like a second copy to do it Uh um thanks to some shapeways parts like uh there's uh, i think steam shield has uh some stuff to change um combiner wars sunstreaker into sideswipe like you'd have to obviously repaint the toy red but he's also got like a, a different chest flap that looks like a lamborghini hood and like a different head and I've, I've gotten like um for combiner wars wheeljack i got steam shields um exhaust head because i got the repper labels exhaust sticker sheets to convert the figure and having a new head that looks really good, and you know, I painted it up. Like it, it helps a lot with that. Um, but I also don't know if that counts. Like if I'm buying a kit of stuff that someone else made, and I'm just gluing it on and doing the painting. Like I don't know if that's necessarily a massive step beyond painting new details on. Um, but painting new details on, I think, is like not. You know, that's not really the focus of the question, but yeah, it can do a lot for a lot of figures. Especially if it's obvious details and it's something that's as easy as like, all right, I'll, I'll get this Gundam marker and I'll I'll dot in the unpainted parts of the face in silver. Or, you know, if the eyes aren't painted very well, I'll dot those in with a brighter, more metallic paint. Like I did that on a movie toy once, uh, Landmine, and it was uh, it was great. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a heavy customizer. I wish I was. Yeah, there's been times where I've had ideas and have bought stuff to do heavy customizations like for creep out and <laughs> not gotten around to it yeah like yeah seth is is closer to doing a legit custom than i am <laughs> <laughs> haven't actually done it but i've gotten closer to doing it if it, if listen if if doing it was a line graph from point a to point b your line is farther along than mine is what i would say uh but yeah, um, I think I think customizing toys or even this heavily modifying toys, not necessarily customizing. I think it's something eventually more people should try doing because I, I know like TJ and, and uh, on the podcast and some other people I know just as fans uh, almost like seem kind of queasy about the the notion of cutting into a figure and modifying it like that. 
And I think that like once you get used to the idea of it, it's a very empowering thing. Cause it means you can like straight up fix some of your toys to work better. Um, even simple stuff like adding floor polish to the joints. Like that's those are all steps towards like, you know, all right, this figure didn't get built right. I don't want to, you know, roll the dice on getting a new one if it if it is just as likely it'll be like this. I'll just try to modify it myself. Uh, it makes the toy more your own, especially yeah, if like you I've it. I've never like sold old stuff off but part of what keeps me away from doing like a lot of like visible modifications like adding paint or something is the idea well if i do try to sell this in the future then i'm gonna have to list it as customized or modified and it's not gonna be the original thing anymore Mm. and that might make it harder to sell because it's not like if somebody wants this bumblebee but my version of it has some extra black paint on it then it's not that bumblebee anymore so i don't know if this helps because i've had those thoughts a whole lot and also regarding like whether i should keep resealable packaging and stuff like that uh i haven't sold lots of stuff in person i've only gone to like two toy shows but i found it was oddly easier to sell things that are like flawed in a way because it means that it's i don't get as hung up on making my maximum dollar back from it so it kind of like it almost opens up those toys to be more negotiable and then i found a lot of people are almost more interested in being able to make a good deal than like specifically hunting down a certain toy so i don't know like i think i think if you modify a figure and in fact if you modify a figure in a way that enhances it you can't like mark it up because of that, but I don't. I don't think it'll make people not want to buy it. Like it'll almost make people more interested because it can be like, yeah. hey, you uh, you know, you tweaked this thing. Like, could you maybe take five bucks off? And then you can go like, well, scumbag, I did that, so it's a better toy. So no, but uh, in the right scenario, you know, it, it can, it can, it can. I think help things out. Like not having the packaging is so great because then you kind of like you can go like, all right, I don't have to. I don't even have to think about what the MIB value of this toy is versus the loose mint. I will just put it in a Ziploc and sell it for a bit less, and people are more likely to just jump on it. Um. Anyway, I think that's about all we got for your question, Murder Cat. Uh, I don't think Aaron or TJ do any customizing themselves, so we're not not missing out on too much here. But uh, of course, anyone who does do customizing who feels like. You know, you got anything you want to add in? Head to the thread. Throw down your thoughts. Uh, while you do that, Seth, let's talk about what we got this week. I made that a rhyme. Ooh. Did you get any Transformers this week? Uh, yes, but real quick to ah. loop back on uh, Daily Duran's um, drawings. Uh, one of the more interesting replies I saw on Twitter was from a company that does forklift safety and certification. So was that a real forklift company? Oh, I looked them up. <laughs> that was like, I was sitting there staring at that going like. Well, they don't this... make forklifts, but they, they do like safety courses and certifications. Yeah. Still, I, I was, I spent a good minute going like, is this like a really elaborate goof that someone's doing? Or is this like this forklift company just looks up the word forklift on Twitter? Yeah, I'm sure they were scrubbing for the term forklift. And then someone saw that one. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> that was really cool. 
<laughs> they're just like hey we'd love to see more robots turn into forklifts and i was like oh dude let me tell you there's a whole two robots out there who turn into forklifts and they're great <laughs> well, well they specifically asked what forklift would it turn into <laughs> and then i said well we have clark forklifts at work so <laughs> i'm gonna in my mind it turns into a clark because that's just the shape i'm used to okay i got on topic stuff uh, I got Braun. Brown. I like him. Is he a strong man? Yeah, he's the second strongest Autobot. Oh, jeez. Isn't that supposed to be his deal? I, who's the strongest, then? Optimus Prime. Oh. Right. I don't know if that's legit canon, but that was the impression I've had since I was a child. Okay. That Braun was number two strong guy. <laughs> And maybe that's changed since then. Like maybe now, like Star Saber's number one, or like Braun is real. Some Braun is Euro real strong toy or something. Is he <laughs> is he real Stro as well? Is he a Stro man? Um, yes. Does he flip ambulances? He did push Ratchet over. <laughs> that's rude. That's a rude <laughs> thing to do to an Autobot who's in his vehicle mode. Don't push him over. Uh, how do you like him? Uh, he's real good. I like him. He's a cool little guy. Um, I have to dig up my Titan Master Brawn because it got thrown in the bin and then stashed uh -oh. away in one of the main... Well, what happens is I tend to have stuff out where I can mess with it mm -hmm. until we have company coming over and then I'm ordered to get rid of everything and then I have to do it real fast. So, it, it, well, it's in a bin with other Titan Masters, so it's not just like a random thing. Yeah. But then all those bins are stacked up, so I have to unbury the bin that it's in and, that's, and get them out and that's put Brawn into Brawn to where he belongs. That's how toys are for me a lot of the time, is like they're they're on a desk, they're on a table, or I've put them in a stackable container because I live in a fairly small apartment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you got to double Brawn him. I've seen lots of photos of the double Brawn, and it feels really good. Yeah, but he's good. I mean, he's he's a good one of that size class in, in my feelings. Like, mm -hmm. he, his transformation is serviceable. He, he has good proportions. I, I like it. It's, it's neat. I would like to find that figure. He's another one like Shuffler. I really want him, but, like, they're so small. I'm like, I should be able to, to find that on a rack and, like, buy it and put it in my pocket and go home. Like, I don't want to have a friggin' package show up in the mail. Well, there were two at thing. Target. I bought one. Haven't seen it again since. I know. You f you finished Shuffler, damn it. There aren't any more left. Well, we haven't gotten to Shuffler yet. We're still talking about Brawn. That's right. Another one. I bet you never saw any other Brawns, too. <laughs> That's what I just said. You... Free... I saw <laughs> two Brawns. I bought one. I haven't seen it again since. I thought you meant that was Shuffler. No. Uh, I haven't gotten the Shuffler yet. All right, what's up with Shuffler? Or what's uh, up with Braun? I want to cut you off on Braun. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was done. I forget. I forget. <laughs> you got me all worked up. All flustered. Got me all worked up. Like one of those friggin' Dungeons and Dragons rapscallions. Rapscallion. Um, okay, well, I'm going to move on. I'm not going to talk about Shuffler. I'm going to talk about Fangry. Ah, no! 
He's uh, a wolf bat dragon. He is. Um, he's all right. Yeah, he's he's one of those. He's a wolf bat dragon. He's one of those figures that like I feel like I should like more because he's not really like doing anything wrong. But he came out amongst other figures I liked and was more interested in. Yeah, I I think of like the the little tight master sets, the ones that are, um, animals and monsters and crap. I like more. Mm-hmm. I'm been digging on him more, so he's all right. He's not the best. He's not the worst. He's all right. He's a wolf bat dragon. I I like his green faceplate on the head mode. It's a good green. Yeah. Uh, I got. I'm not sure you're supposed to pronounce this. Petro. Oh, it's a uh, tarot. Tarot? Like a pterodactyl, Silent but they key. couldn't just call him that. Um, His not pterodactyl mode is nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. The his vehicle his mode alt thing. mode is really nothing. Yeah, I've uh, I've struggled <clears throat> with that alt mode because like, I'm like, all right, what parts of the tooling on this are not for the pterodactyl mode? I'll just lock all those in. All right, he's a thing. <laughs> yeah, like just leave him as a pterodactyl. Because that mode is cool. Mm. I like it. Um, I really like the head. It's just like this cool techno space pterodactyl. I approve. The colors are nice. Terra's all right with me. I, uh, I I wish that like I felt confident that they were doing all the Dinobots as Titan Masters, but we're starting to run into like wave six and seven. Uh huh. But I hope that at least, like, somewhere on a whiteboard, they at least, like, sketched them out. Because I love the idea of, like, not as, like, this is the fate of the team anymore, but, like, as a cool little side story. Like, what if the Dinobots all had to downscale into Headmasters while their main bodies were all damaged or something? Because uh, I love, especially because I got the Japanese version where they painted them more, but, like, Clobber, Tiny Grimlock. Uh, it's kind of fun posing Tiny Titan Master Grimlock with, like, all the other G1 characters. And, like, imagining the storyline behind it, where it's like, how did you end up being, like, the size of Hot Rod's foot? Like, what happened? <laughs> well, let's watch Transformers The Last Night, where aren't there supposed to be baby Dinobots? There are, yes. No, there you go. Oh, man. Get, getting me freshly hyped for the, uh, for the films. You'll have some canon for Tiny Grimlocks. Oh, yeah, there was a new trailer for that. Oh, yeah. I, after the main trailer drop a couple weeks ago, I was kind of like, I think I'm done watching trailers because I do want to see the film. Oh. So yeah. you didn't see Marky Mark yelling at Grimlock? That that was in one of the early trailers, so I've that seen wasn't? that. Yeah. Oh, okay. They've been, they've been using the clip of him like going like, drop the cruiser for like months. <laughs> I thought, oh, great. They just jumped straight to Grimlock is this goofy cartoon dinosaur that gets up to wackiness. You know, I'm okay with that in the movies because, like, kind of, like, rival to Optimus Prime, sort of mean guy Grimlock. I'm like, all the Autobots are already so mean in these movies. Like, they're all kind of, like, weird Dinobot types. Well, I liked... My favorite Grimlock is the first few episodes... That had the Dinobots. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, for where sure. He wasn't this cartoonish buffoon yet. He spent time in robot mode. Um, and he was more of the the noble barbarian. This, this, just, this also runs into my whole thing of, like, I don't disagree, but I don't think the movies were ever going to do right by that character concept. Oh, no. So... I, no. <laughs> going into the second <laughs> movie, in the movie th- uh, forum, when... I would see people like, I want them to do the Dinobots. Why don't they done do the Dinobots yet? Dinobots are my favorite characters. I would always reply stuff like, look at what they did with these other characters. Are you sure you want Michael Bay to touch your favorites? Yeah. And then a couple people were like, ooh, now that you mention it, maybe I don't want the Dinobots. So to me, like, hey, if, if T-Rex Grimlock is kind of a comic relief dope, it's like, at least... They're picking, like, you know what the Transformers movies don't have much of? Robots who are nice. So. Well, nice robots are dead robots. <laughs> it's true. Ratchet got aced in the fourth movie pretty bad. Um, Skids and Mudflap. They got they they got killed in a comic book. Bits of that scene are, in, are like, accidentally in a clip in Dark of the Moon. That's it. They got off-screen, off-screen killed. Double off-screen. Uh, so I got Shuffler. Oh boy. That is the only Shuffler I've ever seen. Grabbed it. There are no more left. That was the last Shuffler. I'm going to defy you. I'm going to find one. It said so on the package. It said this is the final production Shuffler. End of line. If I have to go to the unlicensed black market, I will. I will defy everyone. I will defy fate. I will find Shuffler. No more in retail. You have to pay extra on eBay or I'm, conventions. I'm going to go to the black market. I'm going to buy bootleg shufflers. Well, that's fine. They're fake-ass shufflers. No, but they're, I'm going to say it's real. No one's going to well, be able to prove me wrong. You're not going to get into Hascon <laughs> with it, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> hey, no, I will. That's they gonna know. Be, they're going to... The... They have, like, a special lamp. <laughs> Look for the black light symbol? <laughs> yeah, but it's not black light. It's, it's specialer. Yeah, it's dude light. They sprinkle uh, some powder on it and then run this perfect dude light on it. Perfect dude light. And then Chewbacca hey. Mom gives a thumbs up or a thumbs down, depending on the results. They're not going to catch me. I'm, I'm going to get a $600 ticket to Hascon just to, to bring a bootleg shuffler in under the radar and, and make a statement. Wake wake up, Hasbro. Sheep, sheep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, Shuffler, uh, you're really messing out, boy. I tell you. <laughs> so I've heard she's the best one ever. There will be none better. Well, and every minute that is not in your life is one minute closer to your death. The, the the next wave of Titan Masters is literally just a retool of Shuffler into Ramhorn. Well, that's gonna be garbage. Ah, yeah, you're right. Because I mean, think about this. <laughs> Every... <Hang on. laughs> no tell me what am i thinking about <laughs> no one lives forever right okay we're all gonna die <laughs> yeah yeah the longer it takes you to get a shuffler is that much le- less of your life <laughs> that you'll have a shuffler well yeah but, but, but Ramhorn. what about it he's gonna be shuffler but just think a shuffler Ah, he's a real he's a real it's a shuffler. broken shuffler it's, it's a, a real, shuffler that hey, they broke maybe maybe that's they the broke one broke the trunk off and glued it on top of its face 
Maybe maybe a broken shuffler is the one for me, man. Maybe I'm broken. Broken Matt Shuffler. That's right. That's my that's my wrestler name, Broken Matt Shuffler. <laughs> my finishing move is the Shuffler Shuffle. <laughs> it's basically just the Garvin Stomp. Yeah. But with more flair. Yeah, I do a couple of arm motions and then I, I go like, oh! Garvin Stomp. Man, do you, do you know what the Garvin Stomp is? No. It's a great wrestling move, man. You lay out the other dude. They're just laying there on their back, not moving. And then uh, you do a lap around them, stomping on pretty much every body part on the way. <laughs> so like you stomp on a shin, then you stomp on a thigh, then you stomp on a lit arm, and then you stomp on their head, and then you work your way down the other side. That's basically my move. Yeah, it's great. And it doesn't take forever to do. Nope. It's not like a really long part of a match as one guy slowly like walks around a dude going, stop, stop. <laughs> so that's the shuffler shuffle. That's right. Hey, you want to know why Shuffler's so great? It's Tell because me. both of his little modes are awesome. He's a just he's a solid little elephant, techno elephant. But Aaron talked about it on the last show some, and I will agree with him. He's a rad little tank. Mm-hmm. His little tank mode is really good. Now, with all these little vehicle, robot, animal companion figures that they've done so far, Shuffler is far and away the most solid and workable in both modes. Mm-hmm. Like, that little car that one of them came with is fine as a little car, and then you kind of flip wings out and it's a half-ass little jet and like tarot is a cool little pterodactyl and then a half-ass little jet um shuffler works very well in both forms yeah that's that's been part of the draw of him is he feels like he he's the one that finally like cracked the code yeah and he's like a tall tank like a metal slug kind of a vibe yeah kind of plump yeah uh, cause Shuffler looks like one of the ones where you could just buy Shuffler and you have a good transformer. Yes. Elephant to tank with a pilot. Whereas the other ones is like, even the good Titan Masters figures, you kind of have one and a half to two and a half modes. Uh, well, yeah, one and a half, to two and a half modes tops. And you kind of need a bigger figure to go with them to get the most out of it. Like Shuffler just seems like you don't actually need anyone to go with them. Yeah, he's great. You should really consider getting one. I'll think about it. I know you've been sort of not getting one. Yeah. But you should stop not getting one and start getting one. I mean, it's just it's a state of mind, right? Like not having Shuffler. Hey, get busy shuffling or get busy dying. <laughs> Is that a bumper sticker I should be? No, that was from the uh, Green Mile. Ah, it's also a bumper sticker for sale now fanchalist.store.com don't go to also, that url it doesn't exist also you don't need to correct me i know <laughs> i know what i was referencing <laughs> i said green mile to be a jerk i'll allow it if you want to correct him you know feel free to <laughs> uh, pulp any- fiction i was referencing 
Pulp Fiction, when when the guy tells Bruce Willis, get busy throwing the boxing match or I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> that was the line in the movie. Yeah, you can and quote it. they smoked Applejack cigarettes. I haven't watched Pulp Fiction in years. I probably should check it, check it out again. See if it holds up. I'm sure it does. I just had I had my whole like I'm kind of done with Tarantino thing. Whoa! And uh, I need I need to go back and see some of the older Tarantino stuff from when I wasn't done with Tarantino. I watched Reservoir Dogs not too long ago, maybe like a year or so ago, and I still love it. But it looks like somebody's first movie. I've still never seen it. I'm going to watch it sometime. There was a time I watched it every week for two or three months. Oof. I I used to be able to recite whole chunks of the movie. Like, I, I could recite scenes verbatim, but that's lost now. <laughs> I, I didn't keep up on it. <laughs> didn't maintain your studies? No. I so the opening diner scene I used to be able to recite that whole scene I could just Man. rattle off every line of dialogue I can't do that now <laughs> I don't think I have any movies anymore where I can I can quote the whole film I used to be able to do that for the 86 Transformers movie but now I think even that film there are, there are bits and pieces I don't quite remember uh, also, any other Transformers that you got this week? No, that is my Transformers situation. Ah, uh, I, I I've got... seen Broadside. Oh, I saw seen a, them. I saw six Broadsides. Doesn't seem to be going anywhere. No. Um, when I first saw it, it was before um, Aaron and TJ had gotten them and talked about them, and I went, "Oh, Broadside." I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, because like with the Titan Masters, I haven't really been into. The Voyager and Leader size ones. Like the Voyager and Leader ones I've gotten so far, after like the initial messing with it, I just uh, kind of eh, toward them. And I really like the, but I really like the Deluxes and the Little Titan Masters and and uh, the Bronze size. I keep forgetting what that size class is referred to as. Voyager. No, the smaller ones. Oh, the bronze, bronze size ones. Oh, that that is actually just Titan Master. Okay. They made up. Well, then what's the the small small one? The where it's just the Titan Master and the Buddy. Oh yeah. Oh, never mind. I was thinking of Titan Master Braun. No. The Braun you got is Legends. Legends. Okay. Yeah. Titan Master is, is just Titan Master. Yeah. So I've been in. I've really been digging Deluxe down, but Voyager and Leaders just haven't done it for me. So I passed on that first time seeing Broadside. Then hearing Aaron and TJ's not glowing reviews. I was like, whoa, glad I didn't pick that up. Uh, some some people stepped up to the plate to defend Broadside. Yeah, do they have podcasts? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> well, who am I going to listen to? Two guys who have been doing podcasts for years? Or just some guy with an opinion? <laughs> This is true. We are we are all podcast doctors. We got doctorates of podcasting. It gives us some <laughs> gives us some clout. 
Um, well, Seth, Seth, I got I got some uh, some Shapeways stuff from Trent Troop uh, of formerly Bmog, now uh, Prize Inside uh, by the Octaverate Forge on Shapeways. Uh, he's been doing a lot of 3D printed stuff um first through shapeways and he's he's now moving into trying out stuff with a home 3d printer but uh he sent me a couple things uh which just showed up and i'm i'm uh trying to get them painted up in the next week or two uh and uh i'm gonna send you some links the thing with these first two things is they were they they are not as fuzzy looking as they are in the photos because i got them in black high def acrylate which is a really good material uh the first thing i got is a replacement head for uh the the new legends bumblebee because i don't really need another bumblebee so this is a head that is a hubcap head which i think looks pretty good on him um and in high def black acrylate that head looks friggin sharp like uh, the link i sent you you see how there's like the one photo in color and then there's the photo of like the cg model of it in black yes the thing i have looks almost exactly like the cg model like how sharp the details are uh it's really well done so it in real life, it doesn't look like it. Uh, it's a poorly focused photograph. Yeah, uh, black high def acrylate is a, a fairly durable material that it is prints. In focus. Yeah, it, it's fully in focus. Prints very sharp. It's just a little bit brittle, so it's not good enough to be joints. Is the only problem. Um, the uh, the other thing I got in in acrylate is for a little custom I'm making. Uh, also using, I gotta still order the sheet from uh, Repper Labels, but it's to turn uh, Titans Return Rewind into a into Dispensor of the Mountain Dewbot. So Trent made a, he made a new head and a new gun to kind of finish off the label set, and the head and the gun are fantastic, uh, especially in high def black acrylate. The link I sent you for the two pack of them, you can't he he has them up separately as well, and you have to go to the separate listings to get them in acrylate. Um, but the link I sent you is just so you can see them all at once uh again very sharp in this material and there's stuff that you're not seeing in those photos that i think you wouldn't even see unless you had it printed in the high quality material the back of that dispensor head looks like the top of a soda can like with the tab and everything yeah well i if you heard me go whoa a second ago i had clicked on the 3d view of that hubcap head oh yeah and he has a cassette tape on the back of his head he does it's a little, little tape deck thing. I forgot about the 3D view. So if, if you click the 3D view on the dispenser thing, then you can actually see, I think, the back of the head and how it looks like a soda can. Yeah, you can. Uh, uh, yeah, that's cool. And also the, like uh, the, uh, the tab. The front of the six-barrel gun is also like six soda cans, basically. Um, so it's really cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint that up really soon. And uh, once I get the labels and everything together, I'll... Uh, try to remember to take a photo um but the repaint i'm doing on rewind to go with the labels is i'm trying to repaint a lot of his gray parts and silver parts in metallic green uh, i don't think i'm going to do the whole tank turret i'm just going to do the little robot sculpting of the arms on the inside because uh, the tank turret being gray doesn't look too bad with all the labels and everything added to it and i'm leaving all the black plastic alone because black and metallic green feels like the color scheme of a mountain dew vending machine um but yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm really liking these these shapeways parts. Um, he also sent along uh, a couple other things that are not available in in Acrylate. Uh, the main one that I'm going to talk about is this thing. He's got a few of these. It's called a Weaponoid. 
It's basically an animal target master. A lot of them are very much themed to be like the Breastmaster partners from Lyokaiser. Uh, and they have great names on his site. This one's called Cattling Gun. It's a, it's a cat that turns into a Gatling gun. And I think the transformation on it is just really smart. And I like that. I the, like that his tail is a bullet belt. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, he's, he's got a, some, oh, I'm some sorry. really cute details. But if you scroll down, you can see some of the other names, like Sir Missile Pants, the Corgi, turns into a missile launcher. Or uh, the one I almost got, Dober Gun Blitzer. It's a Doberman <laughs> that turns into a gun. Uh, but it's pretty cool stuff. This this is in the fuzzier material, which one of the things I'm going to experiment with the fuzzier material is uh, more ways to get it to look a bit smoother. Uh, Trent mentioned something about using certain uh, combinations of paints and thinners that the plastic will kind of drink in and it will sort of fill in some of the gaps. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also lots of like layered sanding you can do to the fuzzier Shapeways material that will start to smooth it out more. Um, they also, Shapeways just started to implement lower prices on the two different uh, frosted detail plastics, which are very high detail. Just my understanding is they're also extremely brittle. So I don't know if that would even work all that well for some of these designs. Um, but it's really cool stuff. 3D printed well, what's things. What's that vapor treatment thing that that other dude does? So people have tried that. Uh, and do you, died. Do, do you, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people stuck their heads in, just sucked in the vapor, and <laughs> blood starts coming out. Uh, the way that Shapeways does their 3D printing uh, is different than, like, a home 3D printer. Um, mm. It's powder-based, and so apparently acetone vapor treatment just melts Shapeways models um, before it does anything helpful, from what I've understood. Mm. Also, I don't have the setup to do acetone vapor treatment. I don't have a hot plate. I don't have acetone. I don't have beakers. I don't have probably the clearance to you do that. Could get that stuff. It might be illegal for me to ignite acetone in this apartment building. Well, people cook meth all over the place where it's, it's true. illegal. It's true. If I were and brave, I would do it. It's not meth. If I were, You're if not I, making drugs. If I were brave like meth cooks, I would do it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of my on-topic gots. I, I got a couple other things um, from his store, but I don't have the links ready. Uh, one of them is uh, if you scroll up to his, or if you click on Prize Inside, like the, the Made By link, um, his logo has this like blue kind of battery monster. And so he sent over one of those as well. That's kind of cool. And then uh, he also did something I thought was kind of funny. He's So you know how Broadside comes with those teeny tiny aerial bots? Yes. So Trent made a, a 3D model of a teeny tiny Superion that's the same scale. Yeah. And then what he did is he then took that Superion and went and made it into a teeny tiny Target Master. Kind of huh. like the, the, you know, like the small Target Masters where it was just like a little man and you fold a barrel out of his back. Yeah. So it's one of those and it's Superion and you fold Power Glide out of his back as the barrel. Huh. And so it's like, here's a Target Master for Broadside if you want to make him look like he's just gigantic. And it's kind of cute. It's, so it's basically just face down Superion with a handle pointing out of his feet, and like a and a gun barrel made out of Power Glide sticking off his back. Um, so I'm gonna give that a couple paint washes just to see if how much of the detail can come out, because it's in just the regular kind of fuzzy material. Uh, but yeah, check out Prize Inside. Like uh, he's he's got a lot of interesting small printable things in there. Or if you if you were really into BMOG, a lot of the unmade BMOG designs are up on his Shapeways store. Just that they're in you know Shapeways plastic. Um, and acrylate the acrylate material. For all I'm saying, I should mention it is kind of expensive. 
Uh, I think it's worth it if you're going to get something off Shapeways that is available in high def Acrylate. Do the Acrylate if you're going to do it. Um, it's not, I think, as expensive as Frosted. Maybe that's why they brought... I haven't checked the new Frosted detail prices yet. They might have brought those down to match up with it. And I still need to ask people who are in the know, like, if Frosted detail is maybe a little bit more durable now, or if it's still something that's, like, you have to treat it like a, a resin kit. Um, but yeah, uh, Shapeways is continuing to maintain, you know, or, or fight to maintain relevance as home 3D printing gets more and more uh, popular. And it's, it's nice to see that they're staying competitive uh, in their own way. But that's it for my what I got this week. Um, Seth, did you get anything off topic this week? Uh, I got about, let's see what I got here. I got seven fidget spinners. Oh man. No, that's not true. You're going to be a baron. You're going to be a fidget baron. Just (laughs) yeah. Fidget King (laughs) spinning out. I I don't have any of them. I don't, I haven't got that. What? (laughs) Yeah. I haven't got that kind of money. Do you know how much those things cost? (laughs) My uh, so someone my girlfriend works with brought one, mm-hmm. and then next thing I knew, she was watching reviews on YouTube. Fantastic! And she hasn't purchased one, but I got a sinking suspicion if we were in a store that had some and they were cheap enough, she'd just end up buying it. I, I have. Nothing against fidget spinners. They look like a total fad, which is kind of a shame because I know that once upon a time, for a hot minute, they were really good, uh, apparently for a lot of people, a really good way to kind of get that style of tactile anxiety out. And now they've turned into pogs. But I am uh, I, I tried to get mad about them. It's not possible. I saw one in person at the last convention. Someone had one and I was like, that's neat. It's well, have you have you watched? I haven't watched videos. Yet. I have not gone deep. Okay, here's how I have not actually stepped into fidget world, fidget spinner world yet. I've only okay. been on Twitter. Okay, because already people have taken it to crazy levels. Like I did see the ones where they're like, "Hey, we have 15 LEDs on this one," and I was like, "All right." Well, that... I mean, like high performance levels. So I was going to ask you when you're saying <laughs> reviews of fidget spinners. What is the criteria aside so they, from whether they, or not it spins? What are the ball bearings made out of? Oh, they, no, they tried this with Beyblades. This you means do nothing. Not, you do not want stainless steel ball bearings. Those are garbage. You want ceramic ball bearings. Why are they garbage? Because they make noise. Ah, okay. That's more quantifiable than I yes. thought it was going to be. The ceramic ball bearings are quieter and will get you a longer, faster spin. Okay, you know, I'm fine with that. That actually, that is all relevant, everything you just said. Apparently your caps are important, or can be. What is what uh, is the cap? The Those are where you're actually, your fingers are touching. Oh, the top and bottom. Yes. Okay. So you, and... So one video I watched, the guy was talking about how he modified up his his high-end fidget spinner and replaced the ball bearings and replaced the caps and uh, and was talking about how he really wanted to get this set of platinum caps, but they were too expensive. Okay, because there's a certain point 
like when using phrases like high performance and things where one needs to pause and say high performance for what? Because there, there are no fidget spinner competitions yet. And when they start, I question, unless, again, I haven't gone deep into fidget spinner YouTube. What precisely would the competition be? Just aside spinning, from spinning man. them, aside from spinning them, because you just, can't. It's going to be a stage. You can't compete with just people spinning standing shoulder to shoulder, holding the thing that's spinning. And whoever stops spinning last wins. <laughs> Like, what, what I want to know is, has anyone cracked a code on those things yet to make them into yo-yos, where it's like, all right, my fidget spinner's spinning, now I'm going to throw it, and it's still spinning. I I bet people are, as we speak, developing fidget spinner tricks. All right. And there's going to be, they're going to be flying through the air, they're going to be getting caught behind their backs. The smart they're ones. They're spinning out all over the place. The smart ones are going to self-brand well. So we've got to find out who's the smarty who got the best name you could have for that. Fidge Tricks. Who's Fidge Tricks on YouTube? Whoever that... If that's actually a YouTube channel, I'm going to be astounded. I'm going to start my fidget spinner channel, and I'm going to call it Spun Louie. Spun Louie? Yeah, this is a real Spun Louie. Oh, jeez. I... I knew people back in the day that that would that that was a derogatory term that they would use. I don't know. Man, understand. that guy's a real spun Louie. That sounds like something where I'd have to have been there to know why that was a bad term. You're a spun Louie. I am. You don't want to be am. spun Louie. Probably a stinking spun Louie is what I am. Uh, well, Seth, you got to update if you do, do end up with a fidget spinner in your household. Um, I'm surprised they kept the word fidget on it when it became a fad. Like, I figured they would just be called spinners. Well, when they get to that pro level. Then, yeah, because then there's no more spinners. fidgeting. There's only spinning. So I went, I, I went searching Google trying to find the intersection between fidget spinners and vape. And I really wanted to find some some someone trying to mash up the things i want sub ohm vape spinning so have you okay i gotta ask first have you found it no okay very bummed because i think that the application of leds to fidget spinners is the first step towards that connection Mm -hmm. like soon we're gonna have once people figure out how to silently still then draw energy out of a fidget spinner to use it as a power source for their vape. That's when it's going to get real. Well, someone that blows like crazy smoke rings, then somehow manipulating with the spinner spinning. Oh, okay. I'd actually like to see that. Someone blows a big vape cloud and then just like blasts a spinner through it. Yeah. And film that at like 120 frames per second and slow it down. Put we some should, air horns over the top of it. We should we should be in marketing, man. Like we could turn fads viral like that. Yeah. Did you see the video going around oh, Twitter yeah. of the guy who has the red fidget fidget spinner and he puts it on a piece of Sonic fan art with no legs? Yes. And the fidget spinner. Okay, that's fantastic. That was my favorite thing I saw that whole day. Oh uh, yes. Oh uh, yes. Okay, that was a very awful way of saying I didn't get anything off topic. Blink, blink, blinking blinking man dot gif 
It's Drew. Blinking Drew. Gif. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, we didn't I'm, get anything. I'm waiting on those little video game pinball cabinets. That I, uh, I was at Anime Extreme today buying some paint, which I guess is an off-topic thing I got. And uh, <laughs> they, they had they had those very expensive you got some cadmium yellow, and some burnt <laughs> umber. I got two metallic green Gundam markers. Cool. And I got some flat blue Tamiya hobby paint. I dig uh, it. They uh, what was I talking about? They had those um, really expensive branded one eighteen scale or uh, whatever. No, no, one twelve scale arcade machines. The ones that are like 50 bucks, but it's like, here's a little Pac-Man arcade cabinet. The Namco ones that I got? Yeah. yeah. I was. They had those on the counter, and I looked at them, and I was like, ha, suckers. Yeah, I know a, a room <laughs> that was conned into buying the... I'm holding the Pac-Man one right now. I reached up and <laughs> picked it up. I'm, I'm really looking forward to comparing these with the those Etsy ones. Me too. I want to know. What, see what up. Like, if the Etsy guy can is printing stuff that in a still photo looks on par with that, then like, that's fantastic. Uh, well, we they're like wood. I know, but I mean, you know, the the decal stuff oh, for okay. for the, the yeah. details on the sides. Um, but we shouldn't talk too much about those because then people might go buy them before I do. Um, I don't know. You've had a week. I want to. I want to give a week it to and you. half or so since I. Hipped you to them. I want to give it until you've got them. Yeah. Then we'll, then we'll cop some details. Not that anyone can look up your Twitter feed. Some deets. No one knows where that is. What uh, is a Twitter? I don't even know. It's like so, social... I'm still unquote, on Friendster. Quote-unquote social, quote-unquote media. I use AIM. I think some people still use AIM. Probably. What was the other one? Uh, ICQ. ICQ. And then MSN Messenger and Yahoo Messenger. Those were another two. That I had to make accounts in all of those. The cool uh, guys use that program that mixed them all together. Oh, I had that. that oh! The cool guys. What was it called? I think it started with a T. I think. Because that had its own system as well. I, my first messaging program was ICQ. And man, I resisted going to AIM for the longest time until oh, yeah. it was just like me and one other dude. And I was like, well, I guess I got to get AIM. No, it, was, it was just as I continued making friends online, it would be eventually, oh, you don't have Yahoo Messenger? Get this. Oh, you don't have MSN? Get this. Oh, you don't have AIM? You should get this. And I was like, all right. Then eventually I had all of them. Then I had the one that conglomerated them all together. But then slowly I realized, wait, everyone's only signing into one thing now. I don't need the conglomeration one. I can just go back to Yahoo Messenger. Uh, anyway, that's been an episode of our podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Seth, for joining me. Hey, happy to be here. Yeah, boy. I thought I was still going to be at work at this 10, 17 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah. I, uh, I So here's some inside baseball. I messaged Seth kind of late because I fell asleep for a bit. Uh... And I'm like, hey, I forgot space. I also forgot it was Friday. I was like, hey, Seth, I forgot it was Friday. Um, you, you up for stuff? And then Seth replies, you know, mentioning work stuff. And then I realized as soon as I read your reply, like, wait, Seth told me that he's very busy at work, and I forgot. <laughs> and then I went all like, hey, you, you down for a podcast or something? What's going on? Well, it's because Monday is a holiday in the United States of America, 
And so to have whenever we have a day off, whatever work would normally happen on that day gets spread out over a couple of days. And when that day we have off as of Monday, a lot gets piled on to Friday. Like Friday gets like super heavy piled piled on. And the last time we had one of these Mondays off, um, I left work at, so I started at eight 30 in the morning. I left at 11 o'clock at night and there was still like three or four hours of work left to do yeah. that people had to come back on Saturday for. And I would, I, I had gotten out of that. <laughs> Excellent. So I went to work anticipating being there at like by till 10 or so with the possibility of having to come in on Saturday. But uh, things are different now. We have more guys and these guys all came in with a super positive. We're going to get this done attitude, which spread to the guys who suffered through it before. So like the new guys who didn't suffer through it, just heard the ter- horror stories didn't want to do that. And then the guys who had lived through it before didn't want to do that. And everyone just busted ass today. And I got home just after seven o'clock, which is all right. Excellent. Now you got a weekend to look forward to. Yeah. Three days. Woo. Woo. Well, we are about a soft month, four-ish weeks away from Transformers 5. Oh, buddy, hang on Soon. to your popcorn buckets. Soon we're going to have us a fresh Transformers movie in the zeitgeist time ghost. So stay tuned for our coverage of that when we get to it. And uh, until then, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Play this game.